Thank you, John. It was a great honor for me to be the one picked for Baylor University. And explain that process. People may wonder, you know, what the process is to select someone. Well, I'm not real sure. I just know there is a Baylor selection committee, as there is a selection committee for each one of the universities. And they come together and do a selection. I'm sure you're going to say something about last year's selection was Jerry Mallett. He was a baseballer and a basketball player at Baylor in the 55 to 57. And this year they called and said they thought it would be nice if I would accept being Baylor's representative this year, and, of course, I jumped on that. Absolutely. Great selection. Congratulations to you. Carol Dawson, who is the uh, outgoing president of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, he is the head of the Baylor Selection Committee, so he has others that have input, and uh, I think you're a great choice. Thank you so much, Jeff. How about that company? I just read off those names. Uh, boy, you're in great, good company there. Well, you? I talked to those two quarterbacks a little bit up there, <laughs> right. and they could throw that ball. They could. Uh, now, Chris Gilbert was a good uh, runner, and uh, they didn't have a one defensive man up there, Jacob Green, yeah. and, and he looked big enough that I he could play the whole team defense, I believe. He <laughs> looked great today. I don't know how long ago he was a player there, but he he's in great physical condition. Uh, the, the little golfer and then the track girl, uh, Marcia Bozart and then uh, Regina Cavanaugh, uh, they added to it. Uh, th- I-, I got to sit next to John McDonald, who is a storied coach with all his track and cross-country championships at the University of Arkansas. I just don't know how many champions he has has, but it, he has done a lot of them. And then I got to sit by uh, Carolyn Thompson, who was a basketball player extraordinaire for Texas Tech. So it was a very some great people around me. Right, right. <laughs> and isn't it neat that the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, this is the second year to induct a class in the Southwest Conference Hall of Honor, and isn't it neat that the uh, the Sports Hall of Fame, you know, recognizes the Southwest Conference, even though it, it ceased to exist in 1996, it's a great memory for so many people. I saw a lot of gray hairs out there in our audience today, and uh, I took it took the time to talk a little bit about the history of the Southwest Conference back in the 30s when uh, conferences were big everywhere, and along comes Southwest Conference and TCU and SMU. Rice had some great teams back in there, too. But then the A&M came on strong at the end of the 1930s, and then Texas University got big time there. Southwest Conference was a force to be reckoned with in the 30s and early 40s. Very much so. And then I read off the names of these inductees in those schools, and for some people listening to us, they may think, Oh, wait, Arkansas was in the Southwest Conference? Yes, they were. A&M and Baylor were in the same conference? Yes, they were. TCU, SMU, Houston, and Rice. I mean, it's fun to reminisce and remember those times. It is, and I wish Arkansas had come into the baseball earlier because their coach, Norm DeBrin, was the force that got the Southwest Conference to have a conference baseball tournament at the end of the year. Right. In the past, when you paid your... Last ball game on the schedule, it was over, and Texas usually at first place, and they got to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But after they got the tournament going, then it gave 
two teams opportunities, the one who won the regular season play and the one who won the conference tournament. So yeah. I wish Arkansas had come in a little earlier. They had they were not in there while I was coached, though. Yeah. You uh, you played at Baylor, 48 and 49, and coached at Baylor, 61 to 73, and then have been at Baylor in some capacity really since that time. So you have spent a lot of time at Baylor, but part of you, what you presented today was you actually started out as a shorthorn in Austin. Uh, that is true. I had gone to the University of Texas in the fall of 41, I uh, played my freshman baseball at Texas, but the war had come along, so I went into the Navy uh, fully expecting to finish off my uh, career in the Navy by coming back to Texas and trying to be a baseball player for them. It just didn't turn out that way because I, I sat next to Slater Martin, an outstanding basketball player, and many in your audience will not know who he is, but uh, he's the man who was an All-American at Texas, and when he went into the professional ranks, he played for the Minnesota Lakers, mm-hmm. and people may not understand that uh, Minnesota's not Lakers now because Los Angeles is the Lakers, but it's because the Lakers uh, in Los Angeles were really the Lakers from Minnesota, right. and they kept that name. Name makes more sense when you know it originated yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> Los Angeles is not a state of, <laughs> right. of, of lakes, but Minnesota is. But he was an outstanding defensive player, and he played with one of the first great big guys named George Mikan. And they were world champions three times, as five times, as I said. Then Slater retired, and Boston Celtics became the big team then. And the St. Louis Hawks, which they are no more, got him to come out of retirement with the sole goal that he would guard Cousy, hmm. who's questionably, well, he's one of the greats of all sure, time. Absolutely. And Slater did this for one year, and he received another national championship ring for that. So an outstanding player uh, from the University of Texas and then went on to the Minnesota Lakers and the St. Louis Hawks. Very nice. But he talked me into going to see his friends at Texas. Uh, they had played together with Jeff Davis in Houston, and they were the state champions during the war years. And so I got with them, and I liked them so well, I stayed at Baylor, uh, made my career there, met my wife, and uh, I led her in 48 and 49. Uh, it was interesting that baseball had just begun to play to a national championship then. 47 was the first year, and Texas represented this area, and uh, Mr. Falk felt like that they had not been given fair treatment, and he was their coach. And so the next year, even though he won the conference, uh, he wouldn't go play in the playoffs, so Baylor got to go. So I got to play in that. It happened the same time my wife and I were married. That was her honeymoon. Uh, but I also letter in 49 went into coaching. I, at that point, I never dreamed of coming back and coaching at Baylor, but circumstances uh, Jelly Sorrell passed away on December the 1st, 1957. Baylor asked me to come and be a part of the baseball mm-hmm. program at that time. And really, you were, during most, if not all of that time, you were a, a professor at Baylor. They hired me to, in the School of Education, and the, rule, the understanding was I was going to be a, a three-fourths-time teacher in the School of Education, 
and a one-fourth time coach, so the athletics only had to pay a quarter of my salary. <laughs> and they liked that because yeah. they didn't have a lot of money <laughs> back in those days. Uh, there was no fall baseball uh, at that time. And they gave me credit for one of my teaching courses by having a weight training program for the baseball players. So it kind of helped them. Absolutely. Helped out, yes. Dutch Raider is with us, uh, elected today or enshrined today in the Southwest Conference Hall of Fame, a luncheon here in Houston. Uh, And this has been a big weekend for you, right, or a big week also going back to uh, Travis High School reunion. Yes, last Saturday. Uh, my Travis High School team from 1954, this was their 60th anniversary, and it, I had all the boys back. And oddly enough, we had 15 uniforms, and three of those have passed away. I had three players also that scrimmaged with us, so we'd have enough to scrimmage. They didn't have a uniform, and if someone had turned up sick, they would get to put a uniform on it just didn't didn't happen that way but they were there so it was a real neat time you got to remember these guys are all 70 years old now yeah. you uh, referred to them as your these kids they're right my kids and they're 70 and they're in their 70s that's great well congratulations on that and when, when you think about you know where we are now in the big 12 conference but i know you have a very uh fond you know feeling in your heart about the southwest conference because that was such a big part of your de- your career well i do remember in the 30s after i went to the first southwest conference football game when i was 10 years old and baylor was playing texas and baylor beat texas at that time of course being from austin i was for texas and i didn't really care about this baylor bunch for beating <laughs> my team All right but the teams in the Southwest Conference at that time, the TCU teams with Davey O'Brien and Sammy Ball were outstanding. You know, the quarterback award now is named after O'Brien, mm-hmm. and Sammy Ball was great in the professional ranks. And then the 36 SMU team was the world beater. Uh, it is odd that there were about five or six of the players there from a Corsicana team in 1932, which had been the state champion. Mm-hmm. And they had a great team and were invited to play in the Rose Bowl, which had never let a Southwest Conference team play in in the Rose Bowl. a long way away. Uh, Unfortunately, Stanford beat SMU. We were all sad about that. But it opened up Texas football to the entire United States. Uh, Actually, uh, the Waco Tribune-Herald sports editors were the ones who pushed to get SMU in and got them in. Uh, you might know some of those people from back in those eras. That have been Jinx Tucker? That's number one. Yeah. And had a guy named uh, Lawrence, L-A-R-N-C-E, who was big in there. But mm-hmm. those guys were the ones who uh, pushed the South, and especially the Southwest, mm-hmm. into being recognized as a football power. Great. Uh, Jinx Tucker ought to be recognized in some way, but, of course, there is no more Southwest Conference, so he didn't do it for these others. It's right. a shame Southwest Conference didn't do something for him Interesting. at the time. Interesting. Well, you got a very nice medallion around your neck that they gave you today. It's a great honor for you. What, what's what's the best part of all this? As you, you, know, as you uh, reflect on everything that's happened here today, what's your favorite part of it? Uh, I, I'm very prejudiced. And there were some, I suspect, 500 people here. 
but there's no school that had more than five tables of people except Baylor. And Carol Dawson t- told me that we had a, had 13 tables. So it tells you that the Baylor people did turn out, and there's a lot of them that remembered the old Southwest Conference. Yeah, that's a great tribute. And it was uh, that was really neat, really neat to see so many old friends. Yeah, well, a lot of fun. Congratulations to you. Your son uh, Tim is here. Tim, appreciate your help. And Betty is here. Uh, you, you made a subtle correction from the podium. Uh, the inter- uh, the MC John Granado, from a radio station here, said y'all been married for 60 years. And you said, well, it's actually 66. So let's make that distinction, right? <laughs> but you did it in a very subtle way. So. Very nice honor, Dutch. Congratulations to you. Thank you so much, John Morris. All right. Appreciate you. Righto.